When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. It's a complicated and mixed issue. What's happening with that? Man, we should talk something fun. We did something heavy on the first segment on the last show. That'd be y'all, man. <laughs> I was just saying, like, the product that I buy, I just want it to be good. Like, to answer your question, Tom, as far as Amazon goes, like, I, I haven't stepped foot in the store in a while. Mm. And, and part of that is moving to the city. I don't really need to much unless I'm going to, like, Whole Foods once I went today or Jewel. But, like, I buy... Toilet paper, paper towel, uh, a whole bunch of stuff, either through Amazon or Instacart, which has been fantastic. Do you use one? Of, is Instacart the one that gets you groceries? Instacart is groceries or like if I just need to get like detergent from Target or whatever and I don't feel like going. So I I don't think I would ever have to use one of those third party services to buy my groceries because like I need to pick this stuff out. I need to pick out which five apples I'm going to get. I need to pick out the carton of eggs. I got to open up the eggs, make sure there's none cracked in there already wasted, make sure I'm not buying 11 eggs instead of 12. I got to pick out the milk with like the farthest down the line expiration date so I know it's the freshest. I don't know. And then like I don't have total confidence that that stuff's not going to just sit somewhere unrefrigerated for some undetermined amount of time before it gets to me. I don't think I can... And those people, by the way, that have like taken over every grocery store, every grocery store. There's people walking around that look like they work there, but do not ask them to help you because they are not there to work for you. No, I, I, I'm with like I buy all my groceries myself, but like household items, paper towel, Tide, uh, fabric softener, I can get that instacarted or whatever. Because sometimes I just with all the different jobs that I have, I just don't be having the time. No, it's hard. It's hard to find time. And these things are designed to save time. But when it comes to the groceries, I feel like I'm the one that's going to be able to pick out which of the, these people don't even have time. It's not necessarily that I'm better than them at picking out groceries. Although maybe I am, I would not sell short my ability to pick out groceries or to check out groceries, by the way. I can't remember the last time I went to the actual cashier. It's always the the automated self-checkout for me. Like I can check these groceries out faster than, anybody else, even if you work there. 
so I've been, I've been living in the city for like two months and there are so many things that I thought about living in the city that I was totally wrong about. One of those things being that the grocery store was going to be the worst place to go while living in the city. It's nowhere near what I thought it like. I thought it was going to be lines. I thought if you go to the, the butcher, you couldn't get any meat because there's nothing in there. Uh, any seafood, but I go to Whole Foods about maybe once, twice a week, and there's never a line. They always have more than enough of what I'm looking for, and it's actually been a really good experience. As opposed to the burbs, where I found more times than not there were lines, whether uh, families or whatever people getting stuff or gatherings, there was always more of a line in the burbs than in the city. There is one grocery store that I go to in the suburbs where they don't have self-checkout for some reason. I don't know. Like, just... Mom and pop? Haven't, haven't caught up to 2005 yet, I guess. Uh, but, like, the, the lines get so bad, and it's oh, there's always such a lag. There's always such a delayed reaction to them to finally open up another register. What's, what's protocol when that happens, by the way? Like, do you... Should it be the next, the person who's closest, like the person ahead in the line should get that spot? Or like, can I go from the very back of the line and jump everyone if I can get to that newly opened register first? What's the right thing to do? In a, in a perfect fair. world, What's in a fair? perfect world, it would be fair for the person next in line. But we don't live in a perfect world, Jason. So it's obviously the person that jumps over when they say line six is now open. And that whoever jumps from the back to the front gets the spot. Well, you're describing like if I was Mother Teresa, but let's say like within the within the realistic societal norms, is it fair to be like kill or be killed for the open grocery store line? Like when it opens up and I'm deep, deep, deep in the line, if I get there first, is it like, is it just how it works? It's just, you know, top of the food chain, whoever can get there first. If I can beat the 75-year-old elderly woman who's just trying to buy cat food to that empty line, then good for me. Yeah, that's, I think that's okay. That lady's probably saying bad things about you, but you, you got there first. So the grocery store is every man for themselves, basically. Absolutely. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, I think Tone? so. I think so. Uh, unfortunately, that's the kind of the world we live in. Um, you see what happened with baby, you know, I'm talking serious stuff again. <sighs> baby formula and <laughs> There's a shortage and man, why am I so pessimistic today? I don't know. You're kind of down and I don't know if that's, that's going to work. That's your thing. The last, that's two weeks in a row, Tony. Like people want, want to feel good listening to our podcast. So well, I think the, I don't think he was down last week. He was introspective hey. last week. This week he's kind of just. That's not what we paid him for. Tony can bring <laughs> introspection to the game. He can do that. Nah. That's in his bag. He nah, can. F that. F that. You, there's 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 many variations of Tony Gill that you can get, except good producing Tony Gill. We don't get that one. <laughs> no, Goff does. Are you are you editing Goff's show while you're on with us? What's going on here? No, I can't. I have to record the show as we're recording. I do that now, okay. so I don't have to uh, looked, download it. You looked file. very distracted when we started, and I didn't know if you were actually distracted or if that's just kind of how you look. No, no, no. Mm. I was uh setting up the the audios and I had to switch headphones so okay but you're good now yeah 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 outside of the uh weird pessimism that's uh taking over my life right now but yeah we good 
be out here. Yeah. Let, let, let's see if we can just kind of put that on the sideline for a minute here. And we'll try to do the show and try to get normal Tony for just for an hour. If we can do that, let's try. Let's start the show. Welcome to Sports Adjacent. I'm Jason Leisure with my co-host, Russ Dorsey, and uh, pessimistic, but hopefully turning it around here, Tony Gill. Maybe our show, Russ, will brighten up his disposition and kind of bring back the the cheerful and upbeat Tony that we love so much. That's what I'm looking forward to. You're hoping for that too, Tony, huh? A lot of people would say you're in trouble if you're coming to me for that. Sports Adjacent is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles, our proud uh, partners over there. Sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. That's our personal show link. And if you use that link, you don't even need a promo code. You can go on to Sheetsgiggles.com slash SA and automatically get $23 off applied in your cart at checkout. You can get the sheet set. It comes in 11 different colors. Perfect for summertime. I know I'm sleeping in that tonight when it's 98 degrees in Chicago or whatever it is, which I love, by the way. I'm not complaining what? about it being hot. I, I can't stand people complaining about it being too hot here in the summer because if you if you don't like summer here, then I'm not sure what you do like here. I don't, I don't we wait think, all year for this. I think it's okay to admit when it's, hey, you know, it's a little bit hot. I think I'll stay inside it, tonight. Nah, it's, it's too hot, bro. Yeah, come on. <laughs> it's one thing to say, oh, it's the summer. You want it to be 85 degrees every day. I think that's fine. But it's it was it was, it was like 98 degrees today with like 90% humidity. Felt like 106. Like, I ain't seen nobody walking hot. around. I ain't seen nobody walking around. Bro, there around. was nobody because you would die. Like, there's death coming if you walk around in this weather. Wear shorts, get a hat, wear sunscreen. Like, you have air conditioning, you have fans, drink water, you'll be okay. You can't complain. You can't everyone be frustrated all year about how cold and miserable and gray it is here. And then now it's too hot. Stop it, Miami, man. You have that out. No, it is, though. It is, though, because you for a good portion, a good portion of your life lived in Miami. You got acclimated to the weather. You're the only person I know that said you could run in 85 and 100 percent humidity. I don't think that's normal behavior. (laughs) It was like running on the surface of the sun. It is my, my first training camp here covering the Bears. Down in Bourbon A, when they were still doing that, uh, what was it, three years ago, I think now? Uh, day one, everybody was like just, it was sweltering and miserable out there uh, on the field at Olivet Nazarene University. And I, I looked down on my phone and it says it's like 79 degrees. So I am, I guess, a little more acclimated to the heat. But I just think in general, philosophically, you can't suffer through the whole winter and then I, if you get anything between like 70 degrees and 100 degrees, I feel like that that's fine. If we get up over 100 or something, then okay. You can complain about that. But, but it's not, it never even stays this hot for that Jason, long. Jason, it's going to be back down to 85 before you know it. Jason, it's about the humidity, bro. It's not about the, the heat itself. It's 90% humidity. You're swimming in the... Bro, You, I woke up this morning and it was 90 degrees. Humidity is good it's for It's not you. normal. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. But when it is hot, you do want sheets and giggles because it's 100% eucalyptus, very breathable, very soft, perfect sheets for summertime. Um, I had a funny thing happen last week while I was watching the NBA Finals. And, well, funny to me, I guess. Um, I like to watch the NBA Finals like the way I watch a movie or the way I watch theater or something like that. Like I want the lights dimmed down. I want a nice glass of wine. I want the house quiet. Kids go to bed. I just want to sit there on the couch and enjoy the game. 
And Friday night, I think it was game four, my wife were sit- my wife and I were sitting there watching this game, and it was like, it was only like 10.30 at night, Russ. But with about two or three minutes left in the game, we both fell asleep. And then we woke up and the news was on, and we didn't know who won. And if it had been, like, you know, pre-internet, we would have had to wait for the morning newspaper to find out who won that game. And we fell asleep. It was like a three-point game, I think, when we fell asleep, too. And then we both woke up to... Dion Miller or whoever on ABC reading us the news felt very old. I mean, you're getting up there. I'm not, but it felt like I was that day. <laughs> I, I think 30, 38 is too young to be falling asleep on the couch during something that you want to watch. That rarely happens. I fall asleep during things I don't care about watching all the time, but something I was actively trying to watch. You know that feeling like you kind of, all of a sudden your eyes kind of start to fade a little bit and you start thinking these nonsense thoughts that have nothing to do with real life and then you kind of jolt awake because you hear the TV or something like that. That's what was happening and then I just ultimately faded out of it. How often does this happen? How often? Mm-hmm. What are you, like my doctor? No, this only this has only happened once, I think. Or maybe some other times, like if we... Uh, if we're watching like Ozark or something like that, we got to start that before 11 o'clock. That 11.30 to midnight range, I don't know if I'm going to make it all the way to the end of the episode. Tony, you notice he said, once, I think. Yeah, I guess I wouldn't know, right? <laughs> is the first thing to go. <laughs> Game five of the finals was Sunday. And is that right? No, Monday. What day was game five of the finals? Sunday. Sunday. Game five of the finals was Sunday. Game six was on. Yeah, Tony doesn't know the days of the week. It was Sunday. I don't know either. Now I can't remember anything. Monday. Monday, Monday, Y'all both both old. So, yeah, uh, Monday. We're struggling here. Game four was Monday. Game game five was Monday. None of this segment is good. (laughs) Abort. What do you guys think about uh, Draymond? And I think he's an interesting topic because he also uh, he also is in the podcasting realm. Um, oh, we know. The whole country knows now. <laughs> and We need some kind of shout out like that, man. We need somebody <laughs> to ask it in our NBA Finals press conference about sports adjacent. <laughs> um, and he has been awful. The whole series, he's just been flat out awful. Marcus, back right. Marcus Thompson, the athletic. Draymond, how do you how do you feel you played? You know? Like shit. But he does. He comes on, does that podcast after every game. For a person that talks as much as he does, and the level that they're asking him to play is to just not be awful on offense. Like it seems like it doesn't match up, right? Like you have the person that does all of this talking. Has all this bravado, but has been picked on defensively by specifically Jalen Brown, who's been seeking for that matchup when Jalen has the ball, but then also continues to foul out of, of finals games, um, yeah. continues to shoot awfully from the field, cannot get a basket to save his life. Uh, game five was his best game by far, and I think he only ended mm-hmm. up with, like, what, seven points, eight points? 
Eight, eight points in the first half and never scored again. Right. So it's like, what do we what do we do with Draymond? Because I, I, this final series, I think, has hurt him in terms of his overall viewpoint, in terms of when when he's done. Like, I'm going to remember this stretch. Like, you talked a whole lot, and they were asking very little of you, and you didn't do it for them. Uh, all right, so a couple things. I think game five, he was very productive in terms of his playmaking ability, which is his best skill on offense, right? That and, and basketball IQ. I do think you're correct in that for the first time in a long time, we saw, we, we've seen him get picked on, on, on the defensive end, right? Where he, they feel he's the mismatch him or Steph, right? Steph, we get that. That's been his whole career, but Draymond is the one you're like, Draymond can defend one through five and he's going to be on the best uh, score on the team usually or him or clay. And yeah, you, you have a team that offensively feels like they can take advantage of him. I, I think as far as the off the court stuff with the podcast and everything, I look at it as like the conversation we had about CJ McCollum a couple weeks ago after the ESPN deal came out right? where it's like, we've never seen a player have that many responsibilities while also playing and that first slump for CJ McCollum, it the conversation is always going to be, well, he's doing all the ESPN stuff and he was on get up and he was on first take and he was on NBA today with Malik Andrews and them and big perk. And he, he should be back in the gym, right? Like that's going to happen. And I think uh, Draymond is getting a little bit of that now where he isn't playing well offensively. He's talked about that. Uh, but he still has his podcast and he still talks about the game, which to me, I don't think is wrong. Like you're allowed to go home and instead of drinking or watching TV or Netflix or whatever, he's recording his podcast. Um, I can't get mad at somebody for doing normal everyday people stuff. We just, and I don't say me, we, People just don't like it because he hasn't played well. So they feel like it's taking away from his basketball, which it's not. But the optics look like it is. So I'm taking away from his basketball. And again, he's doing a lot of talking for him to be routinely have to be saved so he can continue. That's his game, man. That's maybe he's that whole thing. To me, I was like, why can't he? He's allowed to have a bad series. Yeah. Clay has been not as it was non-existent before Game Four. I mean, but here's my, here's my, here's my thing though, and it goes with how he's talking. He's putting himself in these rams, right? He's disrespecting uh, Cedric uh, Maxwell, right? Uh, the Boston Celtics that was Finals MVP. He's disrespecting him. That dude has a Finals MVP, right? Like he showed up in that series. He, I mean, Bird, Bird was on that team. That was a talented team, and he got finals MVP. So he's doing a lot of this talking and not providing any help, and the guy is being saved by Steph Curry. Like, Curry, Steph has to back up what Draymond is saying, and Draymond continues to be awful. Like, how how is that fair? That's, that's all I'm saying is. That, 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 I think that's exactly what I'm saying. Is it, you can't be wilding like that. And then when it's go time on the court, Steph has to cover for you. He has to be on another a level to to play against one of the best defenses. It, no, the best defense 
in the league just for you to go back to your podcast just to talk some more. And it's like, yo, like that's if I'm Steph, like I get it. It's a sensitive topic because Draymond can boost your team with morale or just completely drain it. But in my head, I'm like, yo, man, you talking real big and I'm out here, gotta go through all this stuff for to because I'm not getting any help from a guy that's that's clamoring that he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, but I'm getting zero help right now. Like You're describing what and Russ talking. and I do on this show every week. Exactly. With you. Yeah, exactly. you get on here and you say all these wild things. You're the dream on of this podcast. Yeah, Russ and I, Agreed. with no help, have to go and deal with the ramifications of whatever you have said. I thought Draymond Green was good in game five. I thought he had a big effect on the game. Uh, offensively, he defensively, out. he doesn't have to score a ton of points. But as far as him talking, that's just that's who he is. That's how he plays. I think that motivates him. You heard uh, uh, Lisa Salter saying, I think before game three, she was talking to some Celtics players. He was clearly in their head. He was in everybody in the building's head, and they ended up losing that game, and Draymond didn't play very well. But I just think that's the only way he knows to play. What bothers me it, with him as much as I have enjoyed his game over the years, it's like it, it crosses a line when I don't have you, when I can't play you in the game, when you're fouling out or you're in foul trouble. There's two games that, in this series where he could have been given a second technical foul, I believe, and thrown out. He didn't, but he could have. I mean, this is a guy that got suspended for an NBA Finals game. It, it, it becomes, it goes from just you being you to kind of a big problem once you start getting suspended for games. Once we don't have you available for a game, that's where it's like there's got to be some self-control here. Honestly, for me, I, he's been such a big part of their run from the beginning. I think to look at this series and judge him solely on that is unfair because we've seen him at his best. And while he may not have put up the numbers that Steph did or put up the numbers that Clay did, he affected winning in a positive way. And so now that the way media, the media landscape has evolved and he is, has a platform like that, that now coincides with him playing in the NBA finals, which also happens to coincide with maybe the worst series of his career. I think it's unfair to mesh all of those things together. I think it's a coincidence. A lot of these things, hey, guys having a bad series. He also happens to have a platform where he talks about games after games. Um, and he's allowed to do that, right? Like, it's, it's once again goes back to optics. Does it look great? Probably not. Is he hurting anybody? No. They're about to win their third championship. He's hurting stuff. And then none of that will matter. Agreed. Agreed. We'll, we will gloss you know, over this. I mean, we will heap more praise on Steph Curry in lieu of the heaping praise on the Golden State Warriors because it will be because of Steph that they won this. Um, and this is weird, right? Like, he's the one that ran KD out of town, a person that could have helped make shots. You know, like, that's, that's all I'm saying. I like Draymond. I think he's a Hall of Famer. I understand his greatness and what he does on the basketball court is not strictly just not about scoring for him. But when they do need you on the court, you can't be benched. Like, he fouled out a bunch in the series, and then they benched him in yeah. a game. 
They benched him because they cannot play him. Like, it, it just doesn't add up. That's all I'm saying. It just Plus, doesn't if, add up. If you, had, if you had to move on from somebody, in which they will because of the salary cap, if you had to move somebody, he's probably the guy you'd try to move. There's no shot they move him. If you had to move somebody, you would move him before you'd move Clay or Curry. or I mean, they might even move him before they'd want to move Wiggins. I, I think uh, – I don't know what their situation is. Are they up against the cap? Or because I know they, they, they're the, the highest spending team I think in the league. Then because I I think Kevon Looney, who has played really good basketball this postseason, is gone. Like Steph not going nowhere, Clay's not going anywhere. I don't think Draymond's going anywhere. They're going to try to keep those guys together for as long as physically possible. Uh, and they have a lot of young guys on the roster. James Wiseman coming back. Like it's not. The end. This is not a just a like they have a shot to be back because I think the Suns. I think that I think there might be a wrap for that for their uh, for their nucleus or for their, for their entire little, for their for their little are not going well and the no uh, in, in other aspects. Yes, yeah. I mean on the court, I, I felt I feel like they uh, they jagged on their little two year run, three year <laughs> run. I, I really have enjoyed watching Golden State. And there's not a lot of times. Usually when I watch NBA, I'm watching individual players on other teams that I like. Or I'm watching the Bulls. And in this case, I found myself enjoying watching Golden State, the collective, the team, in the same way that the Chiefs have been a lot of fun the last few years. So I do, I find myself kind of without realizing it, rooting for them. And they will now have, if they win, as you have, as you have said definitively, they will win Thursday night. <laughs> that would make, in eight years, that would make six finals trips, four championships. I mean, incredible to come back and do it after such a break like that with mostly with the same core. I don't know if they've changed all the pieces around them, but it's been it's been really impressive. Everybody laughed at them when they said they were light years ahead. I mean, they look like they are still. Russ, I want to get to calling bullshit here in a minute, but I also wanted before we do that, I wanted to give you a little. Uh, a little rundown of taking my daughter to the city last week and the, okay. all the interesting things we saw. We ran into you, of course. Did, you did. celebrity, Russ Dorsey. My kids love you. <laughs> I love your kids. Uh, my kids are probably a little they, they, a little confused by Tony. They love Tony, too, but I think there's some confusion on whether he's a kid or a grown-up. No, I feel no. like so he's, he's very older than him, to be honest. Depends on the conversation. But uh, I, I took my eight-year-old daughter, Anna, to the city last week for the day, went to the White Sox game, things like that. Um, uh, I, I wrote down some of the things I saw so I would remember because this was an eventful trip to the city for an eight-year-old. Uh, we, we saw a lady sneak a dog into the White Sox game in her purse and then proceed to share an ice cream cone with that dog. And it's exactly as sloppy and gross as it sounds. They just took turns licking off of it. Tony, you would never do that, would you? Tony's laughing. Tony's embarrassed Bro, for this. That's one of the nastiest things. I'm mad he got sent to the group chat. Hey, we, uh, the, the the community, I don't, we don't partake in that. No. <laughs> okay. No. Like, like Jason, I'm going to need you to speak on behalf of the, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the whites on this okay. one. Okay. Well, we're uh, not a monolith. I get you. No, no, no. But just speak for them on behalf of them because you're the only one we have here. Uh, okay. All right. You're a dog owner. Yes. You, you own multiple dogs, actually. Two dogs. Yeah. I know you, sir, would never allow your. You would never eat after a dog. 
Yeah, I think we need to stop doing that. Yes, yes. You, uh, yes, us, the whites tend to do that. And I think it's something we should stop. Yes. And you would never allow your children to do that either. Uh, if they really want to, but I don't advise it. I, I'm, nah. I'm against it. <laughs> See, nah, as a parent, that's My what position is clearly against it. Nah, you, you got to give them some freedom. If they really want to let the dog lick them in the face, I guess it's their choice, but I don't support it. All right. All we right. also saw a uh, at the White Sox game, we saw a kid, and this was a day game. It was pretty hot. Uh, we saw a kid throw up in the aisle on the stairs, which is always funny to me. I mean, I feel bad for the kid, but it's always funny to watch people either step around that or be looking at their phones and step in it. That always, I, I could just sit there and watch people either navigate or fail to navigate a pile of throw up. I, that's, that's always entertaining to me. Uh, my daughter got to witness a, a man rolling a joint on the red line. That was fun. Ooh. You always remember your first time seeing somebody do uh, drug activity. I guess back in the day you would have when it was illegal. Maybe now it's right. just like, you know, watching someone, you know, eat a stick of gum or something. You guys you guys remember the first time you seen crack or coke? <laughs> the fact that Tony went to crack first. Um I remember I've seen I remember the I've first seen time crack I saw first before I ever seen Coke. I saw um a drug deal go down. So my brother and I used to take the bus and okay. It's a lot of uh, activity, uh, uh, illegal, most of, that would happen on, on buses as we would come home from school. But, yes, I definitely remember. Yeah, uh, first time I seen it was the seventh grade. It was the first time I seen crack. Uh, I had no idea what it was. So, I'm like, why would somebody uh, take their time to put these tiny crystals in this small plastic? Oh, <laughs> got it, got it, got it. Hmm. Um, I saw a guy on Michigan Avenue. You got to wrap your head around this. You really got to picture this. I'm going to try to uh, paint a picture for you. This guy is walking down Michigan Avenue with a backpack, but he's wearing it on the front. So he's wearing his backpack front facing. The backpack is like a clear plastic shell. And inside is a tiny dog facing out and pawing, trying to paw through this plastic shell like it's fighting for its life. While the man carried groceries and stuff in his other hands. Was that a community member? It was, actually. Mm. Very progressive. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, we saw a raccoon eat out of the trash at Buckingham Fountain, which is not that eventful in itself, because you see that around, whatever. But this British lady was there, and she just couldn't believe it. She just she she had never seen a raccoon. She was visiting. She had never seen a raccoon before in her life because she said they don't have them in England. I thought that can't be true. Uh, my research says yes. Actually, that is correct. Raccoons are scarce slash non-existent in Great Britain. How about that? I did not know that. I didn't either. That's that's a fun little tidbit. There we go. See, you learn all kinds of things when you go to the city. We also, uh, we met up with Russ at Maggie Daly Park. My kids, like I said, my kids know Russ. They love Russ. Um, And uh, they love that Russ allows them to call him Russ rather than Mr. Russ or Mr. Dorsey. He skips the formalities, uh, meets them on their level. 
But it, Russ and I were both looking a little out of place at Maggie Daly Park. <laughs> a little Russ. bit. Yeah, because Russ is kind of in the area. Russ lives near there. He's out for a run. Like a I very progressive family. Well, that we did maybe look like that as well. But Russ, Russ I, I mean, that's uh, fine in the city of beautiful city of Chicago where yeah. that's normal. More so, it was that Russ. Uh, in fact, entirely so, it was that Russ was out for a run, uh, shirtless, and comes running in shirtless to an area where all these kids are playing. <laughs> But I don't know. Right. That's, I don't know that's if that's more. Can I set it up from, can I set up from my perspective? <laughs> no, no, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. But what but, I did might have been more off-putting because my daughter Anna wants to play a game while we're there, and she wants to play with me. And I'm like, there's tons of kids here. Why do you want to play with me? Play with these kids. You can me and you can play something at home. But she wants to play Thief, which means she's got a book, and I'm going to try to steal the book and run away. Russ, I hope you do not and, participate. I wasn't there yet. Russ oh, had already okay. left at this point. Oh, okay. It was after I left. Stop it, Tony. Stop it. Stop <laughs> Shut it. Shut up, Tony. Oh, trust me. My, <laughs> oh my God. My description of my behavior is going to be troubling enough because it's not a good look to be kind of like hiding behind things and peering out from them at a playground. <laughs> oh, my God. You look like a pedo. <laughs> so this is what happened, Tony. Jason texts me, and he's like, yo, uh, we're at Maggie Daly Park. If you want to come by, we'll be here for a while. I'm like, and I was on my way out for a run. So I was like, yo, I'm going to go do my two miles and I'll meet y'all over there. I usually finish over by the park. So I'm, I did, it was warm that day, but not like, like it was this week in Chicago. And so had no shirt on and I ran over and I realized upon entering the park where the kids are, I'm like, (laughs) why am I in here with no clothes on? Around all these kids that I don't know, none of them are mine. Let me put my uh my tank top back on so it doesn't look too weird. But it was fine. I I enjoyed seeing them at the park today. So that was a setup from my perspective, Tony. But I understood, and I even told Jason, I'm like, I felt a little weird coming to this area with all these kids not having a kid. Like you have a child here. I do not. Yeah, yeah, true. But it was fine. True. Tone, let's call some bullshit. This is bullshit. Time to call out the world's hypocrisies with bullshit. High quality bullshit. (laughs) World class designer bullshit. To be sure. Bullshit. Presented by Sheets and Giggles. They just say whatever they think will interest the audience or make it appear that they know what they're talking about. And what comes out is bullshit. I Call Bullshit is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. There's always so much bullshit to call. And there's like funny bullshit and then there's more serious bullshit. You have such a variety of bullshit you can choose from for this segment. But no bullshit over at Sheets and Giggles. You can go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. No promo code needed. You'll automatically get $23 off your order of the best sheets you will ever, ever, ever sleep on. We love these sheets. They're incredibly soft, silky smooth. They look good. Total package. They've got 11 different colors of their sheet set. They've got comforters, duvets, duvet covers, throw blankets, everything you could want. They send you this little sleep mask uh, that comes with it to cover over your eyes. It's 100% eucalyptus too. Um, It is the best sleep you'll get. Perfect for summertime, by the way, especially the eucalyptus sheets. They've got, if you hang around and you want flannel sheets, they've got this eucalyptus cotton hybrid 
for flannel sheets for wintertime. But right now, what you're going to want are those eucalyptus sheets. Great Father's Day gift, too. And I know by the time you hear this, it's probably going to be, it's almost certainly going to be too late to have it shipped in time. But you can give your dad like a little IOU in the card or something and give it to him a few days later. He's still going to love it. Uh, Sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. You get $23 off. That's our link. You don't need a promo code or anything. Sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. Russ, what do you want to call bullshit on this week? All right. So I'm calling bullshit on golf. Specifically, uh, this, I put it in air quotes, outrage between golfers who are on the PGA Tour and golfers who are on this live golf tour. Uh, Very controversial. Several golfers have already gone over there. Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickelson, Bryson DeChambeau, um, um, Ian Poulter, among others, who have joined the high-paying live golf tour back Got some there? Sorry. <laughs> Backed by uh, the Saudis. And I wasn't sure if you heard that. It turns no, out. No, definitely, definitely heard it. Definitely yeah, heard yeah. it. It's fine. Sorry. We'll, act, Sorry we'll, act, we'll act like it didn't exist. Um, Highly unprofessional. So, one of the things that I, one of the reasons I'm calling bullshit is because the PGA has made it this we're suspending the golfers who have gone over to the Live Golf Tour and they will not be able to participate. Well, one, if I, I can, I'm still allowed to participate in majors like the Masters, the British Open, the U.S. Open. Okay. And if I'm getting paid more than I've ever or anybody's ever been paid on the PGA Tour. Okay. Um, and I know there's a, people have a lot of different opinions on taking money and, you know, that money being dirty or whatnot. That's not what I'm calling bullshit on. I am calling bullshit on the idea that it, this whole thing is somehow bad for golf. To me, you got more people paying attention to golf right now than I think they have in a long time because of this now PGA versus Live Golf Tour. I think it's, if you're just thinking of a purely entertainment standpoint, it's really good for golf because I was tuned in. I don't even watch golf. So I, I think the the whole, the press conferences have been must-see TV, whether it's Phil Mickelson trying to find words or Justin Thomas, Roy McIlroy. Phil Mickelson is a wild boy. It has been very entertaining to watch as a sports fan. And as somebody who doesn't watch golf, this is great for golf, not as bad as uh, the PGA Tour might think it is. Tony, you have some smoke for Phil Mickelson? Is that what you're... No, I just want the world to know Phil Mickelson, wild boy. We all know he's doing. Oh, I think, the, because I think he, the world knows he he needs the money. He has a <laughs> he has a habit that he needs to fund. So, yeah, wild boy Phil Mickelson. Okay. Oh, Phil Mickelson. I called him Phil. Mexican. <laughs> like, what is his name? <laughs> I called him Phil Mexican for some reason. Oh my god. <laughs> Phil Mickelson. Mickelson. Yeah. So. Practice that one before you come on next time, Tom. I'm calling bullshit on Jack Del Rio um, pretty much in his entirety. He equates uh, social justice protests to the insurrection at the Capitol. Um, he says what he wants to know why there was no problem with some of the looting that took place. I, I don't remember anybody saying that was fine and being pro looting. Um, he calls the insurrection a dust up and uh, I don't know if you've seen the body cam footage that has come out from the police Russ that were at the Capitol that day, but uh, I don't think they would call it a dust. It's funny for that for that uh, group to be so 
pro-police and then you see how the police, what a, what a harrowing situation that was for the police to deal with on that day. Um, I'm going to call bullshit on the apology. I'm going to call bullshit on his play, him thinking his players will be cool with this. And I'm really going to call bullshit on anybody thinking they need Jack Del Rio that badly. Because I'm not sure anyone has ever needed Jack Del Rio that badly. Ron Rivera is a defensive coach. Jack Del Rio is sub 500 in his career as a head coach. He allowed his team, his defense allowed the eighth most points in the NFL last season. He has had one top 10 scoring defense in the last seven years. I'm not sure why you need Jack Del Rio this badly. Yeah, that's facts. Yeah, I, I don't with you. the whole Jack Del Rio thing. I don't, I don't get it. I don't know what he was trying to say. We saw what he did. On Twitter. What he I think we say. know. I think we know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we do. I mean, he tried. He, <laughs> my man, went to Twitter. Right? Didn't get fined. Didn't get fired. You should have just left it on the social. My man came on television. Was like, I got something to tell y'all. <laughs> but see, honestly, I think that's something about the last five, six years that I appreciate. It's just like, bro, don't hide. Tell me exactly who you are so I can know and make my decision and I can say I will not be associating with you. Tone? Hey, guys. Glad to be here. Um, having fun. <laughs> Time for some bullshit. Um, so, I, initially, I had... Zach, you, what is this? What are you doing? Is this... Like, I'm reintroducing myself to the show. Tone, you, we said you intro. Hey, what's up? Yeah, like it's an intro within the... Okay. <laughs> you know, change it up a bit. You feel me? Okay. All right. No, I don't. But go no ahead. Way. We don't. We don't. We definitely did not. <laughs> I rarely do. Um, I was originally going to call bullshit on Zach Levine because now it's reports he's going to sign with the Bulls, and it was like, duh. Where else are you going to go? Uh, <laughs> um, uh, but also, may you know, he may do a signing trade, which is still a possibility. But he's coming back to the Bulls. I I, I highly doubt he leaves. But I, I mentioned something earlier before we started recording this segment, and it just really made me mad, and I had to switch it up. Uh, ESPN and their basketball coverage of how they cover games is just flat out awful. I don't, for them to be the worldwide leader and still have not figured out how to do a pregame and uh, halftime show is beyond me. Shout out to Haha Davis for this episode. Um, I, I just don't get it. You have all the talent. You have the rights to the games. Why is your show so awful? And it's not even by comparing it to the greatest in-studio show of all time in Inside the NBA, just separating it from that because it'll never be that. But they haven't even come up with a, a an on-par version for pre- or post-game shows. This is my question for you, for somebody who's listening to us right now. What is your legitimate issue with what they're doing? So... One, way too many commercials. There's a way to fit in ads in, in the finals, the, though. No, I get it. It you TNT does it all the time. What draws people to the halftime in the pregame show is the conversation and the personalities. You can place ads wherever. You can place in a in a in a section of the television as a show. You can get creative with adding. I, I just don't know if they want to do it. I think they take advantage or take for granted that you're going to come to us regardless. We got the games. It doesn't matter what we put on out there, which is which would be fine if that was the company model. But I've seen ESPN do it well. College game day is great. College game day is fun. NFL Live is better. Their NFL stuff is better. Like, I don't get why 
with the NBA that they are just so awful. And no matter what the combination has been, they have they haven't been good since Bill Simmons was was on. And that's been years. Like they just haven't figured it out. And it's the most annoying thing possible. I put them on mute. I I just wait till tip off. And then during halftime, I find something else to do. I try not to watch it because it's that bad. And I legit tried to give it a shot with Stephen A., Mike Wilbon, and, and Jalen. And it, it's just, it, the coverage is awful. Shout out to Malika Andrews. That's the homie. That was it. That was your. Yes, that's all. No, that was it. Okay. <laughs> she's on ESPN and she does basketball stuff. But Tony, what's so funny. bad about the actual content? Because I haven't seen it. I I'm not like uh, protesting it the way you are, mm-hmm. but I turn the game on when it starts, and I do. I put it on mute at halftime so that I can go do other things and then come back when it starts again. So I have not seen Mike Greenberg or any of these people at the desk. I mean, what what's the issue with the actual content for you? Uh, a couple things. One. With Stephen A. being the essentially the creative influence of this year's uh, NBA coverage, they try to make it a debate show. I don't want to debate that much. I don't want to debate on my on my coverage. I want to learn and I want to be entertained, right? And if like you're TNT going, does. right? If and if you're going to do the debate thing, you let the segment breathe. Like there's not enough room to do what you want to do in terms of the, the the debating aspect of it with Stephen A at the helm. I don't know what Greeny provides. Greeny is the stock image broadcaster guy. Like, I don't know what he's doing. Sometimes they throw in magic who never says anything. Stock image broadcaster guy. That's good. Like, I, it's, it's, it's annoying to me knowing that there is a far better product that will never get that opportunity to host the finals, to talk about the finals because they don't, they aren't the, uh, the exclusive rights holders, and it sucks that the better product in TNT can't cover the finals because ESPN has the rights and they put out slop like that. The problem is they don't even have their best basketball analysts on during halftime. In true, the that is also true. Like JJ Reddick should be at the forefront of what they do. On pre and po- their pregame at on their halftime, Legler, uh, Zach Lowe, legs, legs, legs. They got legs out of there. Legs comes on with Scott Van Pelt and yeah. breaks does Wait. great break. But like, Wait. he's a really good. He's a technician when it comes to breaking down the game. They don't have their best basketball analysts breaking down the games at its biggest moments. And like, this is no offense to Mike Wilbon and Stephen A. Um, or Jalen Rose, because I, I think you can have Jalen Rose with those guys, excuse me, and it'd be fine, but you have to have your best analysts on when the biggest games are going on, and they're not. And it's kind of just, uh, well, these guys are important at ESPN. Here you go. Or and Jalen Rose, who's also important at ESPN. Or Russ, which, which I don't know what's worse. We're paying you a stupid amount of money. Do what we tell you to do and go out there and do more stuff. Like, I hate yeah. that. I hate yeah. that. Like leave, let Stephen A go home. I don't need to see Stephen A for twelve hours, and I get I you're agree. paying him boatloads of money, but I do not need to see him in everything. Yo, you you just decided to pay. Speaking of boatloads of money, you decided to pay CJ McCollum a lot of money. Let CJ McCollum be on the finals. Like let him be part of this that that broadcast team during uh, pregame and halftime. It's just it. it it's so cookie cutter. 
And for somebody who should be the worldwide leader and should be doing things differently or thinking differently, they're thinking the same. Or better yet, they're thinking, what would we have done 10 years ago, Mm. 15 years ago? And it shows in their product. I Call Bullshit is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. You can go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. That's our specialized show link. You'll automatically get $23 off your order of the softest, silkiest, smoothest, most comfortable sheets that you'll ever get. Sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so we all have uh, siblings here uh, at Sports. Jason, Tone, you got like 30 brothers and sisters. Uh, Jason, you have brothers. I have a brother. Uh, Jason, are you a fan of the show S- Succession? I Yes, but like every show that I like, I'm way behind on it. I'm like early season two. So no that, spoilers, that's, please. Th- no, 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 that's totally fine. But what I'm about to tell you is like a real life episode of Succession. So there are a couple families that own teams in sports and uh, it's not going well. Well, in, ter- in terms of the families fighting. So first we'll go to Los Angeles where Chargers owner Dean Spanos is b- being sued by his sister accused of misogynistic behavior as legal battle continues over the Los Angeles Chargers. This from Adam Schefter of ESPN. Chargers owner Dean Spanos has been accused of misogynistic behavior and self-dealing and repeated breaches of fiduciary duty by his sister in a lawsuit that escalates the siblings' ongoing legal battle over control of the team. Dia Spanos-Baravian, his sister, is suing him. And I think for for me sitting in this position, when you you have some mega billionaire that awards, a, I guess it has a, a, a heirs like the Spanos family had and you decide, look, I'm not going to be here when I die. Y'all got to right. figure this out. Like in theory, it sounds like Hey, I'm going to put this will aside. You get this, you get this. But at the end of the day, you're when it comes to that much money, you're kind of asking for trouble. Yeah. Oh, there's no good way to do this. Now, if you're passing the, the team down, the only thing you could do is may, you could maybe pull it off by saying, I'm going to give it to the oldest child just because they're the oldest. Maybe that keeps you out of trouble. But I, you know, I'm in favor of that because I'm the oldest, but there's no, there really is no clean way to do this. And once you get the siblings fighting over that, I feel like 
once you have sister and brother suing each other, I don't, I don't think you ever come back from that. Do you? No, no. Like it, it, Thanksgiving has gotten very weird. Tony doesn't have, he doesn't have have 30 siblings. He has three, I believe. That that would be a, you know, that'd be quite a few people to split it up amongst Tony. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is like, when this happens among the uh, the wealthy and powerful, they never believe that they're actually going to die. So they wait to the very last minute or they never do it. And if this is going to be as clean as possible, you got to start doing this years ahead. Like, hey, this is what I'm going to do. Because what do they got to say? It's on record. It's on paper. Everybody understands what the situation is going forward. That's the only real way to do it. But you also got to not have an ego and think you're going to live forever. So I don't think the wealthy are capable of that, just to be honest. Um, but yeah, like I, I'm just thinking of all the times I've seen all the court shows that I like and their siblings suing <laughs> siblings. Sometimes they hug it out, you know, at the end where they're doing the, the recap of, of, of the meme. He's like, hey, that's, that's still my family. I'm still a lover. Well, she owe me that money or he owe me that money. Um, and I think some people get it. Yeah, I owe the money. So, you know, it'd be fine. I'll see you at Thanksgiving. Or other times it may go the other way around, you know, where it's like, oh, I hate them. I never want to see them again. And it's really disappointing. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's a lot of money to not entice people to do bad and suspect things to their, uh, their family members, which sucks. And so we go from one side of the country out West to the East coast where the Angelos brothers uh, who both own a piece of the Baltimore Orioles are suing each other as well. Louis Angelos is suing his brother, John Angelos, both who are sons of 92 year old Peter Angelos, who's the initial in, uh, principal investor in, in the Orioles ball team in 93. Uh, Louis alleges that his brother, Peter intended for his two sons and wife, Georgia to share control of the team. But that John has since taken steps to seize control against his father's wishes. And Louis is claiming that his brother plans to move the team to Nashville, where his wife is from and where she has uh, her company is headquartered. (laughs) You would think that being a multi, multi, multi millionaire, close to billionaire was easy at that point where it's just like, man, my dad has so much money. We're damn near billionaires and we own a team. Yet you're upset because my dad said that I could run the team. This dude is trying to take control of it. Give it to his kids. F my nieces and nephews and and my sister-in-law. I want to run the team. He's going to move the team down to Baltimore. Now, uh, John has since said that the team will always be in Baltimore uh, after that came that report came out, but it's just weird. Like we, Jason, we t- we had a conversation about before we started Sports Jason LLC. That while I own fifty percent of this business and you own fifty percent of this business, we had a real conversation. Like, yo, we're friends, and there's going to be. I I, I remember vividly. I said, there's going to be a point in time where we don't agree on the money, and. We were both very open and honest, like, hey, man, we'll be able to figure that part out. Um, and while I agree with you, we're not we're not having disagreements over 
almost billions of dollars or a billion dollar asset. <laughs> We're having conversations yeah. over at, you know, thousands of dollars or whatever, right? This is millions and billions of dollars that can affect generations of people. So like my mind almost can't even fathom <laughs> that, that right now, let alone that being my brother. Like I have one brother. Like I can't imagine fighting with him about a baseball team. Oh my gosh. I don't, I don't want to be in business with any family member. It's one of us buy each other out, please. Cause I don't want the trouble. I don't, I don't want yeah. whatever inevitable friction there's going to be. And you know, Russ, you and I have this great commitment of uh, our friendship comes first um, unless the money gets really big. <laughs> yes. <laughs> then we'll figure it out. I think, I think it can work. Business and family, business and friends can work. Um, it's just like if I was in a business with my brothers, I want what's the best for my brothers. And if everybody has that, mindset I want what's best for the other person it makes it easy because now it's like even if I take a loss I want my brothers to be straight I want my sister to be straight so that's my thing that's that's all I think is if you are constantly thinking about what's best for my family I think it makes it easier to run a business I think that's a very admirable tone and and the logical way to go about it. But when it comes to, I could cut my brother or sister out and get 90% of control of the company. Can't do it. That that goes out, that goes out the window. Ah, man, I can't do it. I can't do it. I couldn't live myself. I'd want so out either way. I'd I'd either want the I'd I'd want to buy out or be bought out. One of the two. There's no there's no wiggle room for you, Jason. Like we can do this I together. I don't want the inevitable. Jeannie Buss fired her brother, man. Like yeah. I don't want the inevitable. Th- these two stories that he mentioned are not unique. You see this with all kinds of. Didn't the Broncos have something like this too? And maybe the Bills. I, I don't know if I'm remembering correctly, but this like this is this kind of stuff just inevitably is going to lead to trouble. Oh, do you have Joe Madden in your uh, your rundown? No. Is there oh, some Joe Madden news man. I need to know? <laughs> yeah. Now what so, happened with Joe Madden? Tell me. So, <laughs> oh, no, I want to know. No, tell nah, me what happened. With, nah, tell me, tell me. I want to know. Tell me what happened with Joe Madden, and then we'll get to the news we didn't get to other than that. All right. So apparently Joe Madden, <laughs> before he got fired, so the, the Angels were on a, a uh, 12-game losing streak, right, the day he got fired. And Are so apparently – no, no, no. They've since won a game. Okay. Um, but it got up to 14. And so the day he got fired, he came, he apparently got a mohawk to try to change things up. <laughs> but the team never saw because he got fired. Wow. Mm. Yeah. That's a downer. So like why, why, kick a, why kick the man when he down? Well, who's kicking? To get the mark. I mean, we didn't need. Oh, that you mean story. Ru- you mean Russ rubbing it in? Yeah, it's How's that rubbing him in? I'm, I'm just letting you know what happened. No, no, no. That's I mean, a terrible bro. idea, by the way. Joe oh. Madden, a guy with a lot of good ideas. That was a terrible idea, and uh, it's fitting that nobody ever saw it. Oh, man, <laughs> we didn't need that story post firing. 
somebody somebody don't like Joe Madden. That's why they did it. Because he's already no, fired. Probably, There's no reason Joe to discuss said, Joe Madden anymore. I got this dumbass Mohawk and then got fired. <laughs> right, I mean, go. This is Tony's thing, though, is Joe Madden was nice to him on the phone, so he's never going to. Joe Madden was nice in general. He was nice to me in Joe person. Madden. I rock with Joe Madden. I know you do. Every I time I went to the park. Uh, on Lawrence's show last week, and Lawrence said, look, he's he, him and Tony and Joe got along very well. They had this big thing about. Oatmeal raisin cookies in which Joe berated Tony on air and it was fine, but like in good fun. Uh, and they had this bonding moment. However, I did also tell Lawrence that if you're nice to Tony on the phone, he takes your side. And he's a star believer. Russ, would you like to hear the news that we didn't get to today? Yes, please. All right. So it's not news that the White Sox are struggling. Everybody, that's been the case. But it is news that I've finally accepted reality on this. That they just aren't very good. They're 28 and 31 as of this recording. And I was wondering if, uh, as Tony said last week, it was day one of the downfall of Matt Eberflus. Uh, what day of the downfall of Tony LaRussa are we on? Would year it be like two. 250 or something? Year two. Nobody liked LaRussa when he got here. Does this go back to like last October? He he intentionally walked Trey Turner of the Dodgers last week, and it was like the intentional walk heard around the world. You don't ever hear about intentional walks because they don't usually do them in these situations, like maybe with the bases loaded or something you'd hear about that. But this was an intentional walk with a one-two count that seemed to surprise everyone, including all of the players in the game on both teams. And then... Uh, the White Sox proceeded to give up a three-run homer after that and lose to the Dodgers. Tony LaRussa asks after the game. He seems kind of shocked that anyone's questioning this. Uh, I saw a headline on ESPN that said something like, was this the worst intentional walk of all time? The column ended up determining, no, it was not, but it was up there. Uh, Tony LaRussa says, quote, is there some question whether that was a good move or not? And I figured the person we should go to to answer that question is sports adjacent MLB insider, Ross Dursey. Uh, was there a Is there some was... question as to whether or not that was a good move <laughs> to intentionally walk someone with a one-two count? I've talked about it now at nauseum since it happened. It, it's mind-boggling. The guy ended up hitting three-run shot after you walk a player with you, like your pitcher had two strikes. In the count, it was 0-2 before it ever happened. Before you even realized what it was going on, I am a, a believer in. I think he forgot what the count was. Keep it a buck with you. That's <laughs> not that's not a crazy theory, Russ. The whole I feel like this is one of the things that everyone agrees on. Like the whole city is done with Tony Larusa, or at least the part of the city that's White Sox fans. But I also feel like there's no way this ends. And he got his job from the owner. So how, how does this end? If, if Tony LaRussa does not somehow turn this team around and get them back to what everybody thinks it should be, but he got his job from the owner, I mean, how bad does it have to get before he's out? I think, I, I think there, there's no – I knew he wouldn't get fired. Like sometimes – excuse me. When an organization is embarrassed, they'll make a change – but I, I don't. I never saw that happening with the White Sox, and from a purely baseball sense, like it was such a bad move for all these different reasons that I could go over, but I'll spare our audience with because by now you've seen all of them. Um, 
Yeah, man. Like, like they're I they're not a good team. And for White Sox fans, you're just like the last thing we need is for our manager to feel like isn't putting the team in the best position to succeed. But there's been so many times that wasn't the first time, but there's been a lot of times since where it's like, what's going on here? Russ, a Clay Thompson impersonator, Dawson <laughs> Gurley, yeah. was banned for life by the Warriors. Not just banned for life by the Warriors, but he is banned from attending any concert or game at the Chase Center or at their G League arena in Santa Cruz. Nothing. He cannot go to any of this. Dawson Gurley, has, uh, he has videos of himself uh, fooling fans and Chase Center security guards, by dressing as Clay Thompson, he's got kind of the facial hair and the in the hair going. He dresses in full uniform, and most recently, very recently, fooled security to get into Chase Center for a little shoot around Sunday before Game Five. So he he ends up being banned now for life from both of these arenas and from any even concerts or anything because who knows maybe he goes in and impersonates uh, Steven Tyler or something and tries to get on stage during an Aerosmith concert. Um, he says that he has spent $10,000 on tickets, Warriors tickets, that the team is not going to be refunding in the wake of his ban. And he says, absolutely worth it. it he says, uh, I was of his time shooting around on the court before game five. And this is in the morning. This isn't like with anybody in the arena. He says, quote, I was an NBA player for 10 minutes, bro. <laughs> Clout Chasey is the the best thing I can use to describe that. And t- for me, it's just like, bro, part of that ban is if you're the head of security at the Chase Center, you're like, bro, we let this dude get through five layers of security yes. without asking for identification and then let him get on the court and he got to do shoot around for 10 minutes before they said, hey, he doesn't you're shoot not like Clay, Clay Thompson. Thompson. Right. But in his video, Russ, there's well, this is funny to me that he's fooling a bunch of fans. He's riding around, he's signing autographs for fans, he's taking selfies with fans. But I, you're voicing Dawson Gurley's argument. He said, "Hey, your security let me through. I didn't break in. This wasn't Ocean's Eleven or anything like that. I just walked in and they just waved me through." Yeah, I'm on his side on this one. Of course like, you are. Could, of course you, you, would. could, could you sue then? Uh, maybe he will. Maybe, I would maybe there'll be an attorney who takes up his case. Yeah, I mean, look, it's the security's job to know who comes in and out of the, the building. He got all the way in, started doing shoot-around. Like, know who's one of the most famous people to be in your building. How about that? Like, know yeah, who that person uh, is. He's I, not I that will hard. grant him that he looks like Clay Thompson, but he does not pass as Clay Thompson. I no. would not fall for him as Clay Thompson. He got like a fat face. Clay has a much slimmer, trimmer face than that dude has. He's a professional athlete. It's not that hard to think was a professional athlete and not a professional athlete. You know why I'm kind of salty? Why, Russ? Because when I go to ballparks, my badge gets grabbed at least five times before I get to (laughs) wherever I need to go. Hey, Black, we're going. I have heard of players. Hey, uh, black. I've heard of basketball and football NFL players say that they've been stopped by security trying to get into their own building if they were kind of a fringe player on a ten day contract or something like that, or if uh, they didn't have maybe the 
typical build of a football or basketball player. But for this guy, he just dressing up in a Clay Thompson costume was good enough, I guess. <laughs> Tony, that's was hilarious. You knew he was going to do it. <laughs> it was way black. Is the way he said it. I doubt that's what's ever been said, Tony. Uh. <laughs> isn't Russ? Isn't the main thing you get harassed about at ballparks is bringing your iced coffee in there? No, that that happens maybe once or that? twice. Yeah, that this w- it's now like, hey, who are you with? It says on my credential. But then they feel like they have to grab the credential and pulling it to their face. I like, don't like bro, that. First of all, don't it, it, it happens more often than I I care to admit. Mm. It shouldn't. Yeah, Russ, Tony, we got it. Yep, not a not a visual platform. Russ, are you familiar, you guys? You know, are you familiar with Megan the Stallion? Oh, oh, am I? Megan the Stallion ends up in these rundowns so much. No, her, but and her, her, uh, her boyfriend, who you love, Party Fontaine. There you go. I have not checked this week to see if they're still together. They, they were last time I checked. Okay, after after that scare we had. Yeah, after you guys <laughs> we were spreading false up. information. <laughs> hey, man, that's what the internet yeah. said. <laughs> right. Uh, there's a fashion designer. A uh, fashion designer, I believe it's pronounced Muggler. It's either Mugler or Muggler. I think it's Muggler, uh, and they've teamed up with Megan the Stallion on a pair of jeans. And these jeans are uh, missing big parts of the leg, both legs, and pretty much missing the entire butt. So uh, there isn't much to these jeans. These jeans are basically just like a zipper and belt loops and maybe some strips of fabric. Um, a very quick look, uh, very quick, very quick look uh, at the at the website for Muggler and the jeans they sell shows that these are probably going for like about $700. Uh, let's do some research. Well, Russ. Anyway, I know that you. Uh, I know that the Tony reading segments have been uh, grading on us a little bit lately, but I think you'll enjoy this one because uh, every now and then I listen to B ninety six just to see what the young people are up to, just to see what mm-hmm. they're listening to. And I happen to catch Megan Thee Stallion's uh, hit song that's out right now called uh, "The Sweetest Pie," and I think you'd like to hear a little bit of that. Okay. And now, Tony Gill reads. Whose glasses are those? Those are not your glasses. Fellas, how y'all doing tonight? Late night. Why you sound so seductive? I think you need to clear your throat. What are you doing? (coughs) Get a lozenge. What's up, guys? How y'all doing? Tony Gill glasses back again. I'm I'm doing well, Tony Gill with glasses. Just looking at these uh, Megan Thee Stallion muggler jeans. Mm. Mm. Megan Thee Stallion. Oh, man. I got to read this. Yes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, you can't say that. That body looking nice. I got cake. And I know he wants yep. slice. <laughs> I wish. Oh, I wish he I would. T- I told you you'd like this, Russ. This is payback for all the reading segments he's sabotaged. <laughs> I wish. read some Megan Thee Stallion lyrics. <clears throat> I wish. I wish he would try to put me on ice. I ain't never have to chase bleep in my life. I assume that was penis. <laughs> I want that nasty. That freaky stuff. Live under my bed and keep me up. 
That Hansel and Gretel. Let him eat me up. Uh uh. Uh uh. Uh. Oh my gosh. That was fantastic. I told you it'd be worthwhile. It the definitely game, was. The rapper, the game, is mm-hmm. upset, it turns out. He's revealing this six months later, but he's had hurt feelings. He's he's been upset that Dr. Dre did not include him in the Super Bowl halftime show. Now, I saw this. He he is accomplished, but uh, let me tell you, let me just remind everyone if they forgot who the performers were, what the lineup was for the Super Bowl halftime show, and you tell me which one of these guys should make room for the game. Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Blige, and 50 Cent. All right, so I I, I agree with you. The game has an argument. If, if it was an L.A., if it was going for L.A. artists, he is one of the biggest L.A. artists. He was also a Dr. Dre act. I get it. If you're the game and you're like, yo, Eminem not from L.A., right. what are we doing That here? was his main argument, yes. But it's just like, yo, everybody up there except, no, even Mary, to an extent, has crossover appeal. And if this is the biggest entertainment show in the world, the Super Bowl, people people don't know the game. If you're not a hip hop follower, people know Fifty, people know Kendrick, people know Dre, people know Mary. Like people don't know the game. My mom don't know the game. Martha Stewart don't know who the game is. So like, that's what the NFL and those people who put those shows on are going for. And so like, I understand what the game was saying. Like, bro, if it, it's about LA. And Dre is my man. Is like I, I was a part of Aftermath, but this is the biggest show in the world, and we need people that people are going to be looking to, forward to seeing. And the game not on that list. Yeah, man. He more people know Triple H as the game than the actual the game. So it's like if if you competing with a WWE wrestler for your own name, you can't perform at Super Bowl, bro. Like that's just. Facts. You just you just not that. You just not it. You your job is to show up and support. <laughs> you know, support and hopefully maybe. Hey, you want to make this cameo with us? Hopefully, maybe you can dance with them or something at the end, at, in the final number. But bro, nobody nobody here to see you. And finally, Russ, the Court of Appeals in New York. This is the highest court in the state of New York. Has ruled that. Uh, get ready, get ready. This is a big ruling. Um, an elephant is not a person. Yes, this, had, this was ruled on by the highest court in the state of New York. The Non-Human Rights Project argued in court that a, a 40-something-year-old elephant named Happy at the Bronx Zoo is autonomous and cognitively complex and thus worthy of the human right of not being illegally imprisoned or, you know, situated in a zoo, basically. Uh, the court ruled that this is uh, ridiculous. And would, quote, have an enormous destabilizing impact on modern society, affecting zoos, farms, pets, and uh, service dogs. Now, Tony, I know that when I say, like, destabilizing impact on modern society, you're probably like, well, let's maybe we try it out. But uh, this would not be a good idea. And the NRP, by the way, uh, filed a similar suit a while back about a chimpanzee named Tommy wanting it to get, and also in New York, wanting it to have the human right of not being 
illegally imprisoned. Um, it's a 109-page decision. I will spare you from reading all of it, but you should know that this was not a unanimous decision by the courts. This actually was a five-to-two vote. There were two judges on the New York Court of Appeals, the highest court in the state of New York, that sided with the elephant having this human right. That wasn't the community, was it? Uh, Tony, I don't, every story that I read, I don't go and check, you know, what race was everybody involved? I think think the audience can guess. I think the audience can guess here. Uh, Listen, dog. uh, Why are you laughing so hard? What is your deal? I can't. I can't. I'm not going to say my true feelings on what you just read uh, because I want us to continue to have a podcast if that's all jason i will uh i'll go ahead and wrap this thing that's the news russ you're up to date <laughs> we appreciate the news service news incorporated yep. for providing that yes for us um they, they're, heavy like to, on, they're heavy on megan the stallion updates which i appreciate well the, the the i didn't know if meg was uh wearing these or if megler just uh offered her to wear them but she is in this photo i'm seeing is modeling the the jeans with the ass cut out. Yeah, and there's not a lot of jeans in those jeans. There's, man, it's like no, there's, there's, there's a lot of Meg, but not a lot of jeans. Man, double cheeked up on a on a Tuesday. Tuesday what afternoon. What are we doing out here? You can't, you yeah. can't go go outside in front of the kids with that. Well, she she's she's out here. Oh, you know, um, just real quick on that point. Um, I was at a uh, uh, an in law family function and. Uh, there were some music videos playing in the background to kind of bring music, and uh, Lotto was one of the music uh, videos. Big Lotto, and uh, uh, one of the, the the young boys was passing through, and he stopped, and that video changed that young man's life forever. Oh, yeah, like it was mm-hmm. obvious. He, I don't know what went on, I don't know what clicked on or off, but he was locked in. Yeah, I bet he was. That's what usually happens. It's funny seeing that in like live, the the changing of a young man's life right there in person. Listen, that man gonna have a a big old picture of Big Lotto on his wall. (laughs) (laughs) Change his life. That's gonna do it for this week's episode of Sports Jason. As always, want to thank our fine sponsor, Sheets and Giggles. Go to sheetsgiggles.com forward slash essay to get 23% off your next purchase. The soft, soft, the softest sheets, the softest good sheets. Enough. It's good enough. You've ever had uh, fantastic high quality sheets, eucalyptus sheets. I had somebody, uh, a family member come over and like, oh, what is that, that ad that you do? Like, who is it for? I'm like, oh, sheets and giggles. High quality, soft, cool eucalyptus sheets. And she was like, oh, I don't like the smell of eucalyptus. And I'm like, they, they don't smell like eucalyptus. They're just made out of eucalyptus fibers. And then I had the new package of sheets that I had purchased and brought them over so she could smell them. And she was like, oh, yeah, they don't smell like eucalyptus. And so, like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so they're great sheets, uh, even for those who are skeptical. And, you know, everybody's skeptical. And you know, we just tell them all the time, look, try them out for yourself. Yeah. Dion Miller got some. Her, her power got some. Everybody loves their sheets. So make sure you're helping our guys out over cheatsgiggles.com slash SA23. 
$50 off your next purchase. We also got some really cool things coming up uh, down the pipeline. So be looking out for those. Make sure you're listening to the podcast. You guys have been doing a great job of that. You've been doing a really good job of sharing um, the video clips on social that helps the podcast out a lot. So continue to do that. Continue to uh, to share those. Talk about the podcast amongst your friends. Hit us back. We always love interactions, um, interacting with people on social and in real life. Um, make sure you're downloading the podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get uh, Stitcher, wherever you get your audio content. Gentlemen, anything before I let you guys go? Tony, he says everybody loves Sheets and Giggles. How much do you love Sheets and Giggles? Give us one of your endorsements for their great sheets. Look, if you want to get transported into another dimension of cool, you're going to need Sheets and Giggles, all right? Another dimension. It will wrap you up and transport you into the heavenly places of cool. On this hot summer, get you some Sheets and Giggles. That was good. That was like one of his more normal ones. Yes. I will say he he's right. Like on a, on a week a week like this, when it's hot, the the sheets and giggles sheets get you right, keep you right. I mean, and how you gonna can, be clapping, like, clapping cheeks in, in the heat in the in the musk? Like, get cooled down, then proceed to clap cheeks. All right, now it's all right. Turn. All right, yeah, that's 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 what we call it. Yeah, now it's gone <laughs> where it normally goes. So that thought, we will catch everybody next week. Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms. I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the mother... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.